everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Chase Elliott of Hendrick Motorsports. This is already the fourth time I've done a 12 questions with Chase Elliott, dating back to 2014 when he was a rookie in the then Nationwide Series. So it's been fun getting to watch his journey along with all the rest of you. And it does seem like he's getting constantly closer to that first win any day now, it seems like. But was he winning with his answers to the 12 questions this week? Well, take a listen and see what you think. All right, everybody, I'm here with Chase Elliott. And uh, Chase, thanks for doing this. The first question is, how often do you have dreams about racing? Dreams about racing. Um, Racing's weird. I, I uh, a lot of times I'm I lay in bed a lot you know, at night. I don't go to sleep very quickly, um, but I find myself I'll think about it, you know, a good bit and whatever going to bed, especially if it's a race weekend or something like a lot coming here, you know, kind of running laps around a road course in your head and stuff. But when I do that, I never fall asleep. Okay. So it kind of keeps me up. So I end up, you know, mind wanders elsewhere. But I don't. I can't say I really dream about it a lot. Um, you know, I had, uh, the last dream I had about racing was, um, somehow or another I was running a indie race somewhere. <laughs> and, no, it was actually, it was an F1 race. Wow. Weirdest thing ever. And I, I get in this, uh, I get in the race, qualified like third or fourth, and we get, we're going out to the grill, we're about to get in the cars, and I realized I didn't have my suit on. I was in street clothes. And I had to go run and change really fast, and I missed the start of the race. So wow. Nightmare, basically. Man, Lewis Hamilton's not going to let you win when that happens. No, definitely not. Um, if you get into someone during a race, whether it's intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize? Um, I mean, I, I think it kind of depends on the circumstance and whether or not the other person knows whatever drove to that contact or that situation. So, sure, you know, if I get into somebody and... You know, whether it's on accident, you know, on purpose, you know, whatever. I, I do think if an explanation is needed, then sure. I think that it's probably in your best interest to uh, to at least say something. Um, you know, you race around the same people every week, so you're going to be around that person again, and and uh, you know, they can make your life easier or harder. So I, you know, I think so they understand your situation. Yes, I do think so. Okay. What is the biggest compliment someone could give you? The biggest compliment? Well, within, within racing, you know, I just think, uh, you know, the kind of competitor you are, you know, if somebody's bragging on the type of competitor you are and, and, and how you conduct yourself, I think is a pretty big compliment. Um, you know, regardless of, of performance, I just think if you're, if you're appreciated and respected, you know, from your peers, I think that you're doing something right. So. Um, not necessarily a compliment, but if respect is there, I think that that is a uh, that's a pretty big one in itself, and and you can typically tell you know what, whether someone respects you or not, and and uh, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, that's awesome. So NASCAR comes to you and they're like, hey Chase, we're bringing this big celebrity to the race. We'd love for you to host them, uh, take them around a little bit. I know you've done that actually for some people even this year. Um, Who's a celebrity you'd be really excited to host if they gave you that opportunity? Yeah, you know, I had a chance to hang out with uh, Daniel Ricardo, you know, from the F1 side. Not a celebrity, you know, California celebrity, but you know, uh, obviously a, a very well-known racer. 
had a lot of fun with that. And I, I think kind of keeping it within the racing community, you know, hanging out with people that understand what you have going on to me is a lot more fun than hosting somebody that has no clue. Right. Um, you know, but I would love to have, sure, a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of, of different things, but, you know, hosting other people within a, a, a type of racing, I think it's very cool because they, they know a lot about racing. Obviously, if they're invited here, they are, you know, well-known in, in whatever area they race in, and they have an idea. They know a lot about it. They just don't know a lot about this kind of racing, and I don't know a lot about their kind of racing, so it's an easy cross, an easy thing to talk about, and talk about the differences and similarities as well. Yeah, that's super cool. So, in an effort to show this is a health-conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to so the first driver willing to go vegan for one month. Would you do that? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, I, I'll take my chances. Okay, fair enough. Okay, now it's time for the random race challenge. So, I picked a random race from your career, and you have to tell me where you finished in this race. Okay. So, this is... The 2015 uh, Kentucky Fall Race for Xfinity. So, I mean, it wasn't really the fall, but second Kentucky race. Second Kentucky race, 2015. Was it repaved yet? No, it was not repaved in 2015. Yeah, I, so. I want to say we finished uh, either second or third at Brendan Gone. No, it's this was P4. P4. I was close. Uh, Blaney won this race. Okay. Um, That's right. Yeah. You remember this? I remember that now. Okay. There was another one. We had a, a real huge race with Brendan Gone, and uh, I think Ty Dillon, us three, raced really hard there at the end uh, for a race. That might have been the first Kentucky that year. Maybe it was in 14, but I remember that one, too. How, how good are you at remembering races in general? It depends on the race. Uh-huh. You know, if something memorable happens or... Uh, you're up towards the front and, and you're contending. I feel like I remember a lot more from when I'm contending yeah. uh, or am relevant in a race uh-huh. when you're, you know, back there rooting and gouging for 15th and 12th or worse. I, I try to forget those uh, really fast. But, you know, definitely when you're running better, for me, I tend to remember a lot about those races. Okay. Chase, who is the best rapper alive? the best rapper alive uh i'm a j cole fan so i think he's i think he's pretty good as far as a rapper i don't know a lot about the rapping world but always kind of liked his music the most i'm impressed that you came up with somebody so yeah points for you there yeah there you go uh who has the most punchable face in nascar punchable Uh uh-huh face i think it depends on the week Uh, (laughs) uh to be honest with you i feel like that that probably changes uh often um, I had a favorite there last fall, so, you know, y'all can figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, that's not too hard to do. No. Okay, so NASCAR lists three famous Americans to be involved with your team for a race as part of a publicity push that they're doing in the sport. They're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks to the race. One's going to be your crew chief, one's going to be your motorhome driver, one's going to be your spotter. Which do you choose for which role between Taylor Swift, LeBron, and Tom Hanks? <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, so crew chief, uh, motorhome driver and, and spotter, spotter. Yep. crew chief, motorhome driver, spotter. I'm going to say, I'm going to say LeBron on the crew chief side okay. because his ability to remember plays in a game is very impressive to me. Um, I'm going to say Tom Hanks spotting 
uh, because I think he'll keep his mouth shut <laughs> and Taylor still have to drive the motor home, I would say, just because, you know, I would get to hang out with her more in that sense. Um, so that would be a, a good option for her. Yeah, sounds good. Um, what is the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom? Uh, <laughs> finding one that nobody else is going to. That, that's the key. Take going off the beaten path. Um, you know, when Dale was here, we had a there was one in his hauler. Oh. So I had an eighty-eight hauler. An eighty-eight hauler. Okay. So I got I went there every you know every Sunday before the race, um, and then this year, for some reason, I'm not. There's a lot of people not happy about this, <laughs> me being one of them, um, that it, it's no longer there. They, they turned it into a, an IT room uh, to house a bunch of the electronics and whatnot. So uh, I always went there. So this year it's been, um, it's been tough. Uh, that's an important part of your Sunday yeah. is getting that done at the right time. So, um, yeah, finding somewhere where nobody else is. Okay. Um, so NASCAR decides the it misses the highlight reel value brought by Carl Edwards backflips. It's looking for somebody to replace him. How much money would they have to pay you to backflip off your car after your next win? Huh. I I couldn't. I, I cannot backflip off a side of a car. So um, the price would be high, <laughs> real high. It sounds like it would have to be. Yeah. Um, so last week uh, I did an interview with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and his question for the next driver. He didn't know it was you specifically, but he wants to do um he wants nascar to have to race at bristol every wednesday night all season uh as points races and he wants to see if you or whoever the next driver was would be up for that every wednesday night yeah he wants to be like constant points races at bristol so So in between one day shows yeah in between your normal schedule yeah of races if i would do it Uh uh-huh would you be uh in favor of that would i be in favor of it i mean i think every wednesday is a little excessive personally um, maybe he said once a month, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, maybe he said uh, Wednesday once a month. Wednesday once a month? Yeah. I, I would I would entertain that idea. Bristol's okay. pretty close to me, and um, it's a fun place, so, yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, oh, so the next interview I'm doing is with Eric Almarola. Um, do you have a question that I could ask him? Eric Almarola. At least you know the person. Yeah, know who it's going to be. That helps. Um, man, to be honest with you, I really don't know Eric all that well. Um, That's so interesting to me when drivers like, because uh, because I think it was Noah Gregson who tweeted to you this week, and he's like, "Wow, Chase Elliott, I didn't even know who you, you knew who I was." And I'm like, "Why would Chase Elliott not know who Noah Gregson is? Like, of course he knows that." Well, I think you he know? was being a little sarcastic. Oh, you think uh, he was messing? Oh, okay. I, I, I think. Oh. But um, maybe he wasn't. But I'm pretty certain he was. Um, but yeah, I thought he did a good good job there at Iowa, put on a show at yeah. least. So that was that was fun to watch for me. But as far as for Eric, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, really, the the most I've learned about him in, in the recent uh, times was his show he did. I guess um, that kind of he went to Cuba, right? Was oh yeah, Cuba, yeah. And he toured did, around like, with his with his family and whatnot. So. Um, just be kind of really curious, I guess, more about his background and you know the. I don't. Did he grow up there or? I think he was. I think he was raised in Florida. I think he just has like family roots in Cuba or something. I, I got think, you. Like he actually grew up here. Well, I I think probably 
keeping more on a racing side so I don't really know much about his background obviously um, just the the biggest what he feels like the biggest advantage is um, obviously his switch he's has an opportunity to drive some really good cars this year what he feels like SHR does as a whole is is better or what his favorite part about being there now is and the communication and whatnot is um, is the best thing that's helped him from from where he's been in years past I think would be interesting to know yeah I'd like to know that as well well thank you for doing this yep. appreciate it all right appreciate it all right everybody so there you have it Chase Elliott on the 12 questions I think his answer to the question about having dreams about racing was a pretty good one might be the best one of the year because he said that he dreamt about being an F1 driver. Not only, you know, we've heard several drivers say, oh, I dream about being late to the race, but he dreamed about being late to the race while he was an F1 driver. So I thought that was pretty fun. You know, personally, that question in general hasn't gone quite the way I thought it would this year because I have dreams about racing or being at the track or interviewing drivers all the time, like all the time. So I thought that, uh, you know, it depends on the week. I mean, I might be chasing after Kyle Busch for an interview or, or having a good conversation with Ryan Blaney or something like that. And I, I, I wake up and I'm like, oh, wow, that was a weird dream. Uh, all, all these interview type dreams. So I figured the drivers might have a lot of dreams about uh, racing. And I didn't know what about, but it doesn't seem like for the most part they have dreams about actually driving the car. It's like being late or things like that. But uh, so Chase Elliott a little bit of redemption for that question that's been the first question all year long. Now, a little bit of housekeeping here. Coming up on the next episode of the podcast, it's going to be a How I Got Here interview with Steve Page, who heads up Sonoma Raceway. I got to sit down with him in his office this week at the track. And I'll be honest, I kind of stumbled into a good one on this one because I was just hoping to get enough interviews to carry me through the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to Chicagoland. So I needed two How I Got Here interviews, and I'm like, well... Uh, you know, I haven't done too many with like heads of tracks or something like that. So I thought Steve Page would be good, not knowing his backstory at all, how he got here. Turned out he has a crazy backstory. So check that one out on Thursday. And then nobody asked me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I noticed that Steve Letarte has a new book out called Leading the Way. It's about his time with Dale Jr. And my buddy, Nate Ryan, who has the best NASCAR podcast, of course, uh, his, his podcast uh, from NBC Sports is so, so well done. But Nate was the ghostwriter, or maybe not the ghostwriter, it says, as told to Nate Ryan, you know, he wrote down what Steve had to say, put it in a coherent form. Not that Steve's not coherent. But anyway, they're both part of this book. I think that the book has got to be good. I haven't read it, so I'm recommending this sight unseen. If you do go ahead and buy it, please consider using my Amazon link. That is jeffgluck.com slash Amazon. That would take you right to the homepage. Then you would type in the name of the book, Leading the Way, or type in Steve Attart's name. I'm sure it'll take you to that page. So just something to think about if you are going to order the book. And if you somehow, for some reason, beat me to reading it, let me know how it is. But I have a feeling it, it is going to be a good one. Anyway, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Appreciate your feedback, as always. Your support means a lot. So until next time, talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.